easy to sing of your goodness because of who you are. In fact, the Bible says that give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Lord, your love, it never stops. It never fades away. It never quits. In the end, it's your love that always remains. And so, Lord, with that, we're reminded of all the goodness that is of you. Lord, no matter what circumstance, no matter whether on the mountaintop or in the valley, you remain good. And Lord, it's such an honor that we get to worship you this morning. Lord, there's some of us that we know of family members, friends, loved ones, people in our community, people in this world, that they don't have a relationship with you. And so right now, as we pray over our tithes and offerings, Lord, we pray over them and we trust in you that as we give unto you, Lord, you're going to take and you're going to multiply it. So that those people who are far from you, whether we know them or whether they're strangers, that our hope would be that they would come to have a relationship with you, that they would come to experience the goodness of you. So Lord, would you bless the hearts of those who give as we partner with you don't know you yet in hopes that they will. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We continue to look forward to what you're going to do in the lives of your people. We lift up our hearts to you this morning. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Amen. Well, welcome to New Hope Church. We are so glad you are joining us this morning. If you're here live, go ahead and turn to somebody. Just share some love. Give them a hug. Give them a high five, Shaka. For those of you online, go ahead and greet each other in the chat. We're so glad that you are joining us here today as well. We're so glad you are joining us here live in person as well as online. And we want to just share with you uh, some of the things that's going on here at New Hope Church. This might be your first time here. And if that's you, you want to say welcome. Welcome. And, and if this is your first time back, maybe you haven't been here for a while, we want to say welcome home. Yeah. So Pastor earlier, Kat, let um, Well, earlier Pastor Ben mentioned that our screens weren't working. And actually what happened was we ran out of those special 3D glasses. So you can actually see the words, but it's really, really small. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're actually, yeah, we are having technical difficulties. But online, everything's good, right? Yeah, okay. But um, just in case you guys are wondering, like, don't you guys usually have these on? Yeah, we're trying to save money, so. Real quick, can we, can we give it up for our I'm tech? For, I'm sorry. Can we give it up for our tech people and yes. all those who are, they're, they're trying their hardest this morning. They're they still were trying. They were, like, running we up and down. We love you guys. You guys are awesome. Like, 5.30 this morning trying to figure it out. So, yeah, we had to wake up a couple people, too, that were... <laughs> We love you guys. Love you, Gavin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah, we want to let you know what we have for you okay. uh, here okay. at New Hope. So this is our sanctuary, right? Off to the side, we have our prayer room where you can get prayer from our wa wonderful warriors. They love to pray over you. Um, online, we have prayer warriors as well, so you can get prayer online. Um, we also have our nursery for our little babies. Yeah. 
up till two years old, I believe, right? And then in the building behind that is our life stage ministry, which we have our children and our teenagers going on. Life in there is happening. And we have our fellowship hall through those doors. What's in there? And so in our ben? fellowship hall, we have our kitchen where you can purchase breakfast. I believe today is banger sausages and... Salad, house salad. salad. Yeah, we have house salad. We also have our the well, which serves smoothies, acaibos, and other s- snacks and goodies uh, for you for you to enjoy. Especially if you have kids, they love the acaibos and the smoothies. They also have sandwiches and salmon and other yeah. things. Okay, they always talk about the acaibo, but you know, there's <laughs> other things. Okay, you guys. <laughs> and then we also have our research center, which looks amazing. It's so awesome. There's books, Bibles, journals, journals, and other uh, materials yeah. to help you in your walk with the Lord. And of course, we also have our restrooms in our fellowship hall. That's right. That's right. Now, today is November 20th. So big day today. That's right. Because okay. today at 1230, we're having water baptism down at Coconut Island. It's going to be our last one of 2022. And so, yeah. Uh, so if you've never got water baptized, water baptism is a public declaration that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so you're making the decision to get baptized. We get to come down. We get to cheer on, cheer you on. So if you haven't gotten water baptized and you want to get water baptized, you can actually register at our information center. You can also register on our New Hope Church app and then we'll see you guys down there. If you've already gotten baptized, come on down and cheer on those who are making this awesome decision. Mm-hmm. Speaking of our app, now's a good time to open it up or download it if you didn't yet because these guys aren't working, so you're going to have to read the scripture somehow. Yeah. That's a good way is through our app, right? right? Okay, okay. Um, let's see. Today's the 20th. Deadlines today for Operation Christmas Child. Our boxes are to be turned in today. That's right. Yeah. And Auntie Kim said that she will be here from 2 to 5 p.m. this afternoon. In case you're watching online, you're like, ah, I forgot. Or you're sitting here, you're like, I knew I forgot something. I forgot to bring the box. Well, you still have time to go home, bring it back, because she'll be here from 2 to 5 today. And also, today's the last day for our Life Stage food fight. And so, great job, everybody, for bringing in uh, non-perishable food items to uh, bless our families here in need. Yes, it is uh, the, the, holiday the holiday season. season. But we're in the middle of our Vision Week. That's right. And so, uh, part of the Vision Week, we started it last week, Wednesday, is water baptism today. And then on Wednesday... That's right. This Wednesday, the day right before Thanksgiving, we have Worship Night. Yeah. That's right. That is, it's my favorite worship night of the whole year is right before Thanksgiving because it gets me out of cooking. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I was going to say, because you it sing, does. I was going to say, because we worship together, we sing so much, we burn off the calories, so that way Thanksgiving, we it could. Doesn't, it doesn't get me out could. of cooking. Who am I kidding? But no, you know what I mean? It's like right before Thanksgiving, it just sets the tone for just remembering the past year, all that God has done, you know, and continues to do in our lives and to be super, super thankful. And then we go into our holiday season, which the first of. of December is coming up. And that's what a lot of people think of Christmas shopping. So we're going to help you out. No, we're not going to do your Christmas shopping for you, yeah. but we will bring shopping here to our campus with a Christmas craft fair. Yes, it's happening the first Sunday of December, December 4th, right here on campus. So we're going to have our local vendors, which is our church congregation, uh, members of our church that will bring their gifts and talents, yeah. and then we'll also be able to um, help them out as well. But yeah. So we're going to have like jewelry and and woodworking and clothing. And food. And food. 
And food. I wasn't sure if we're going to have food, and I said, uh, I'll take charge of this. Yeah. We're going to have food. So we're going to have various things. So please um, make sure to tell your friends and your family. You know, those people that you're like, I yeah. want to invite them to church, but then they're like, oh, I don't know if they'll come. Invite them to the craft fair. Not that we're tricking people, but the craft fair, which is true. And then they might want to eat. And then, oh, oh, look, there's a church service going on. Might as well stay, yeah. right? Be comfortable. They, they look semi-normal, the church people in there. So we, you know what I mean? We can do that for the, the holiday season. Yeah, I love it. It's just, it's just another way where we get to help uh, everybody here invite someone to church and be part of what God is doing. So, yeah. Yep. So if you haven't already, be sure to download, like Pastor Kat said, download our New Hope Church app. You can find out all the information on all these things as well as the scriptures for today. And with that said, would you welcome up? Pastor Sheldon Loxino. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, mahalos, mahalos. You could just say, come up. My goodness. In fact, you should do better than that, Pastor Ben. That was kind of low-key. Um, but we, we, are, we are in the uh, middle part of our Vision Week, and we get to celebrate the good things of God in 2022. I know for many of us, it was a kind of an unstable year, and some things that have happened were not the very best. And at the same time, God is still faithful. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This past vision night, we talked about God's faithfulness in, for us as a church, as well as looking forward to 2023. This past year, our theme was all about community and how we can connect with each other, especially for many of us who are coming back and being here in person, and, and for those of you who are connecting online, that we get to be this community of people that learn together and grow in Christ. Because apart from each other, we don't grow in Christ. We, if we isolate ourselves, then there's no interaction with others. And then if there's no interaction, we don't, we don't grow. We don't mature. So if you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus, we're going to have to connect with each other. And that's where we find encouragement and uplifting one another and prayer and things like that. 2023 is all about discipleship. It's really becoming a follower of Jesus and being a disciple maker because that's what Jesus told us to do. He said, go, and, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So in making disciples, it's not about attending church. It's really about falling in love with Jesus and following him. It's easy for us to follow a church or follow a pastor and, and fall in love with the church and even gravitate towards a pastor, but that's not what he says. He says, follow me. Which becomes interesting because if a pastor fails or a church fails someone or, they get, or someone gets hurt from a church, they not only leave the church, they leave Jesus too. So our heart here is that we fall in love with Jesus, not this church. Now we fall in love with one another, we love one another, we build relationship with each other, but ultimately Jesus has to be the one we fall in love with. Because he's the one that's going to keep us together and he's the one that's going to keep our lives flourishing and thriving. This is Thanksgiving week, so we're, you know, looking forward to this week and being with family and, 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 and of course food and that's, that's, that's the thing that we do. But more than that, it's, it's understanding how grateful we can be because of who God is and what he has done for us and, and, and all that he has done in the past how many years we've known him but even for us as a church we turn 42 years old next year as a, as a, a church called new hope 
which we are the oldest four-square church in Hawaii. So we are like the grandparent church of all the four-square churches in Hawaii. That's just us, 42 years old. I'm acting like 42 years old sound like that. That's not what a 42-year-old sounds like. If you're 42 years old, you're the same age as this church, and I hopefully you don't sound like that. But we are also celebrating 100 years as a denomination. Our denomination is called Foursquare. It is our centennial year. And I find it so fitting that we get to celebrate 100 years as a Foursquare family. And we get to be in this time and place that we get to see 100 years later of who we are and, and how many people have come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We do have, I'm not sure if uh, Pastor Cat and Pastor Ben talked about this, but we have what is called the NOW Conference, December 30th and June, uh, excuse me, to January 1st. And it is the New Year's weekend, and the NOW Conference is all about our young adults. And it's going to be in Denver. And that time of the year, I know for us in Hawaii is, you know, we celebrate. But the Young Adults Conference is us investing in this generation of letting them know that this is your time. This is your season that you get to follow Jesus and you get to be the agents that God puts into this world so that other people can know him as Lord and Savior. And so you're going to hear more information about that, but I wanted to get that into your ears. And it's, it's going to be a time where not only do we worship God, but we get the understanding that just because you're young doesn't mean God cannot use you. It's with the understanding that because you're young, you're going to reach the people that many of us just cannot reach because it all comes down to relationships. If you think about it, when there's a relationship that is being built, there are a lot of questions that are being asked. A lot of heart work and grit is put into a relationship the more you want it to thrive. It's like, it's kind of like a, a, a fight that you're in, but you're not fighting against each other. You're fighting for something. You're fighting for the relationship. Jesus addresses one of his disciples named Peter because Peter is trying to figure out this thing called a relationship with the one who is the Son of God. Like it's easier to have a religion, just follow some things and follow a set of rules, than to follow the actual person, which is Jesus Christ in this case. But what Jesus was doing when Peter had questions, Jesus was being crystal clear to Peter what was required of this relationship that we now have with Jesus Christ, or if you're forming one, or if you don't know Jesus yet, it really comes down to these three words. He said, this, you, follow me. It was very simple with Jesus. He didn't bring a set of rules and said, okay, here are all the rules. These are the things you need to do in order for you to be accepted by me. He said, no, you just follow me. Just follow me. And there's a reason why Jesus said to follow him, because once we take our eyes off of him, then we begin to put our eyes on us. And then it becomes whatever fits our needs, whatever sits well with us, whatever we feel like, then we're going to do that. But Jesus said, no, no, there are going to be times where you're going to feel like following me, and then there are going to be times where you're not going to want to follow me. So follow me... When he says, you follow me, it was more than just how we felt. It was, this is the only way it's going to work. In this relationship that you have with me, is you've got to follow me. Yes, we have the Bible. We're going to follow what he said, and we're going to follow even the 
the things that God had put in place, but really when it comes down to it, are we following Jesus? And sometimes that's hard to do because we don't see him. We cannot see him tangibly. But nonetheless, he's saying, you're going to learn from me, and you're going to follow me. And when you follow me, you're going to see the greater things ahead. And that's hard to do. But it's possible. So in, in the book of John, when John writes these words, and he, he puts this in his book, the book of John was written so that we would believe. So he writes this in his book about what was taking place when Peter had a question. And this is after Jesus dies and rises from the grave, you know, pays the price for our sins. He is now in his resurrected body. And Peter, one of his disciples, turned around and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, which is John, that's who he's referring to, and so John is writing the account that took place. When Peter saw John, he said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Jesus says to him, if I want him, if I, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So what Jesus was saying to Peter was, Peter, don't worry about this guy. Don't worry. Why are you always concerned about this guy? John, why are you concerned about him? Like, Peter, you follow me. John has his own relationship with me. You have your own relationship with me. You follow me. And in our day and age, that word follow has so many different contexts to it. Because we have social media and we have followers. Or we follow people. But really, we're not following them. We're following their profile and a snapshot picture of who they are. Joe, can you do me a favor? Can you get a bottle of water, please, for Auntie? Thank you. And just with that short amount of time that Peter had with Jesus, that he was able, Jesus was able to let Peter know, listen, this is where we are, and this is the only way it's going to work. You have to follow me. And when Peter kind of captured that, if we watch Peter's life, that's what he did. He went back to, wait a minute, I... I got to follow Jesus. Otherwise, I'm going to go astray. And, and I know what life is like without Jesus Christ. I know what it's like. So when he says, you follow me, he's now giving that to us. That we can follow. Thank you so much, Joe. That we can follow Jesus. So I'm going to give us three things, and we're going to break this apart. Just you follow me. So here's the first thing. Jesus is talking about you and me. Right? He's saying, you follow me. So if you think about it, there is no other you in this world. There's not another you. I know sometimes we say, oh man, I, I got so many things to do. If there just was another me. Thank God there's only one Sheldon. Thank you. Gee, whoa, somebody said amen. Wow. Awesome. Was that you, Heidi? Did you? Oh, was, oh, I was just checking. Just checking. So we good then. Oh, came this side. Well, it was you, Leona. Oh, it was you. Oh my goodness. Ah, that makes sense, though. <laughs> Caused you so much trauma. <laughs> so thank God there is only one. I should have turned to you first. There is only one us. Like, and that's a good thing. You're uniquely made. In fact, in the book of Psalms 139, verses 13 through 18, the psalmist writes this, and speaking of God, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. 
I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. You know, people talk about when does life begin? And at what point do we say a baby is conceived or becomes a human? And so there are so many different viewpoints. But if we look at this, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. You know where life begins? It begins with God. He is the author of life. And yes, there's a spark that takes place when a baby, when that conception takes place. But life begins with God. And here's how we know. Not just that his eyes have seen my unformed substance, but in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was none of them. Like God already saw what our life would look like long before we were even conceived. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. This is who we are. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. God knew us long before we were born. He wrote out the journey of our life already. So he has a personal relationship with us. It's not just we exist and then we come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and now we have this intimate relationship with God. Yeah, maybe on our part, but God always had a relationship with us. He always knew us. He knows us by name and he knows our DNA because he's the one that created it. He knows everything about us. So he says that's how important you are. So when Jesus says, you follow me, he's not just randomly choosing people like, hey, yeah, you want to follow me? Okay, you follow me, you follow me. He's like, I know you. I know everything about you. So when he calls us to follow him, it's not an invitation to now get to know him. And that's it. It's a part of it. But he's saying, I always knew you. So you come follow me. And then that word follow, which is the second word, to follow. To follow someone is that someone is preceding you. They're in front of you. They went ahead of you. So he says, you follow me. He's saying, I'm going to be ahead of you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm not going to leave you, and I'm not going to forsake you. That word follow also means to be in the company of or to be with in a party. Now, we take it as party, like, yeah, party. But it's within a party of people, like a company of people, a group of people. And Jesus did party. He did. That's why they had a hard time with him. The religious leaders had a hard time with him because he hung out with people who partied. Yet he did not sin. Might I remind us on that part? <laughs> I had this one friend, and I went to this uh, one. It was, a, it was a restaurant and had one of our friends. Uh, they were releasing their CD back then. And so we went there to support them. We were eating dinner. And I saw my friend. And he was a little bit tipsy. And he, he was serving in one of the ministries at, at another church, just saying. 
So he was serving there, and he saw me. He's like, hey, hey, what's up, Sheldon? And he's hiding his beard. He's like, what's up, Sheldon? How are you? I was like, I'm good, I'm good. He's like, so what? What you here for? I was like, oh, my friends, they're releasing their, their CDs, so I wanted to support them. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's why I come here. I got a, you know, I got a witness set to the people, eh? So I, yeah, all right, all right. Hey, shoes, bro, I see you later. Then I see him later on that night. He's even worse. This time, he didn't even hide his beers. Like, hey, what's up? I was like, what, still witnessing? He goes, yeah, because, you know, hey, we got to be like them, eh, in order for each of them, eh? You know what I'm saying? I was like, no, I don't know what you're saying. No, I don't. So it, we can fall into those categories of trying to reach people, but this is what Jesus says. He says, if you want to follow me, you got to be among me. He's not going to condemn us. I didn't condemn my friend. That's his journey. But when Jesus says, you follow me, he's saying, I'm going to lead the way. And that's the greatest part about following Jesus. He leads the way. Not a church, not a pastor. It's Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus more than a church or a pastor. Because both will fail, but Jesus will never. Jesus will always, always lead us in the right direction. So when Jesus comes to people and issues that invitation we find that there are people who will have variable reasons or different reasons of why they would or wouldn't follow Jesus. And we all have our reasons, but it's recorded in the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 57 through 62. It happened that as they journeyed on the road, that someone said to him, speaking of Jesus, he said, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Wherever you're going to go, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I think we've said that before. Like, Jesus, if you do this for me, I will, I will follow you. Jesus, if you just help me pay my rent, then I'm going to go to church every day. Jesus, if you help me in my relationship, I will read the Bible every day. I will pray every day. And we make these deals with God, which is what this guy was kind of doing. And Jesus said, well, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Okay, even when it gets hard, like I don't have a place to stay at. You, can you still follow me? Can you still follow me when... It's not the greatest environment. Can you still follow me? Can you still follow me when you don't agree with me? Can you still follow me when it's difficult? So when Jesus says, well, yeah, you can. It, it, I'm just letting you know I don't, I don't have a place to rest. Are you okay with that? Can you still follow me? And then another one, he says to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now, what Jesus wasn't saying is, that doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care about what you have to do. What Jesus was saying is, you know, there's always going to be something that holds you from following me. There's always going to be something that, that gives you reason to not follow me. There's always going to be something there. And so what Jesus isn't doing is saying, that's, don't do that that's not important he's just saying there's always going to be something because isn't it true every single time we want to give more of us to christ or even something as 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 routine as coming to church or even viewing online there's always something that's going to come up like we're at home and we turn on the tv and our team is playing and we're like oh man you know what i'm gonna, I'm gonna catch this later i'll catch the highlights and then you end up sitting and watching and that's why you're at home online right now because, like, your team is losing. It's like, bro, we got to come back. 
Like, Jesus, help me, help me. I'll go church third service if you let us win. Like, we say those prayers all the time. There's always something that's going to try to catch us. And then Jesus says, you know, that's, that's going to happen. So let, let those things take care of itself. Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. Like, don't forget about my kingdom. This is why we're here as believers. It's about his kingdom. You follow me. So I, I draw these triangles just because this helps me to visualize what I deal with every day of my life when it comes to following Jesus Christ. We have this idea, and this, this is because of the world. Now, we don't have projectors, so I'll, I'll move this. It's a triangle. Hopefully everybody can see it. And this is, this is how we're brought up. We're brought up with we got to keep climbing the ladder so we can reach the top. And as we climb up, we give up certain things because the parameters become tighter, right? We want to be here at this level. We got to give up all of these things. We even do this in marriage. And this is not a bad thing to give up certain things. Like, I want my marriage to thrive, so now I got to give up certain things so that I can have more time in my family and in my marriage. So I'm, I'm going to give up these things. Nothing wrong with that. But if we keep this principle in our journey with Jesus, then this tells us if we fail, then we fall back down. And now... We feel condemned because we now returned to our old ways and now our life is a failure. So what Jesus does is he says, well, maybe your life is supposed to look like this with me. Same concept with a the triangle. There's some parameters, but maybe now it's, it's no longer the top down. Maybe it's a Maybe it's a, a journey where it's, everything's on a level playing field because that's what the cross does. The cross levels the playing field. We all fall short of the glory of God. And when he said, you come follow me, we all each have an individual walk with God. It is a journey. It's a journey with him. We all have our different destination points, but we also have obstacles along the way. We have some things that will kind of impede us, sometimes even come on our roadway. There is law. I'll put our speed limit at 60 just so we can go saddle road. But there are some side trails. We got some side trails, right? We drift, right? I was going <laughs> to say, how many of us drift from God? Raise your hand, but don't do that because just in case your spouse is next to you, you're like, what? You're drifting? Why? What are you doing? So, but, but this is our journey with God. We're going somewhere with Him. And what is unique about this is this is our journey. Nobody else has your journey. No one else can come into your story and say, you're doing it all wrong. We do wrong. We do bad things. We do sin, but it is our journey. But here's the problem with this. Because of relationship, when we do things on our journey, yes, it is ours. It still affects the people that surround us. It still does. So it's easy to say, this is my life. You know, leave me alone. It's, not, it's my life. It doesn't affect anybody. Let me do what I'm going to do. It affects everyone around you because of relationship. And people love you. This is God's, this is like God's law. Right? You do this, and then your life will be this. But the only problem with this is law requires perfection. Right? You can't go to the judge and kind of justify you broke the law. There are some certain circumstances, I'm sure, but the law is the law. That's why it's called the law. In this case, Jesus is so personal. He said, this is you. This is, this is your journey, and it's covered in love. The only way the law is fulfilled is through perfection, which is what Jesus did. He was the perfect one, so he fulfilled the law that we couldn't fulfill. 
So now he says, this is your journey with me, and love covers a multitude of sin. We will sin in our journey. We will. Which means we miss the mark of God. We miss the law. We miss the target. Sin is an archer's turn that misses the target. So when we miss the target, we're still covered in God's love. Why? Because we're on this journey with him. That's what it means to follow, come alongside, be in his company. And he precedes us. So he already went before us in our journey of life. He already knows what's going to come up. That's why he says, follow me. Because I know, I, I, know I know your whole entire life. I wrote about it already. Even before you were formed, I knew about you. So follow me, which is the third thing. You follow me, which is Jesus. He is the Son of God. And there's so many ways to describe Jesus. Like there are so many ways to describe you and I. Like if there was one word that you could put to your life that would describe you, what would that word be? Just to describe your life, what would it be? Or maybe you have to ask someone else, hey, if you were to describe my life, what would you say? And depending on how quick their answer is, right? Because if you pause, it's like, wait, what was he going to say? What was he going to say? Don't ask your spouse. Yeah. Or if come across quick, that might be the truth. Hey, describe my life in one idiot. Well, I never finished my sentence. <laughs> never need. Never need. I know you already. But there's so many perspectives of Jesus to describe who he is, which was the most difficult thing that John was trying to come across with this Greek culture that he's writing to at that time. So John is writing the book of John in who Jesus is. The whole point of John writing the book of John is so that we would believe in even those at that time. And to describe who Jesus is, that's what they struggled with. Like, who is this guy? So in many of the disciples, and Jesus had more than 12 disciples. He had many disciples. Many of them left him. And John records this. And in John chapter 6, verses 63 through 69, Jesus says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe. Imagine that. Jesus knows who does not believe. And who it would be that would betray him. And he was saying, For this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it had been granted him from the Father. As a result, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. Jesus says to the twelve, You do not want to go away also, do you? Like, that's an interesting way to write a question. Sounds like Heidi saying, you do not want to say that again, do you? <laughs> Simon Peter answered Jesus. By the way, Heidi's my wife. Been married for 30 years, just in case some of you are wondering who that is. And a wife of 30 years says some great things. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Like, really, Jesus, I know you well. I've been walking with you and following you. Who, where are we going to go? You have words of eternal life. Like, you do, Jesus. You. There's nobody else. No one speaks like you. That's why the Pharisees, the religious leaders, hate you. Because you're so personal. 
they're law-driven. You're personal. You're driven by love. You love us, and your love is unconditional, and we're on this journey with you, and you don't even condemn us knowing us. So yeah, where else are we going to go? We have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. That's Peter's description of Jesus' life. He summed it up. He said, you're the Holy One of God. I'm like, who else is it? There's nobody else. You're the only one, Jesus. So we will absolutely follow you. And Peter did till his death. That's why Peter was martyred. He said, I'm going to follow you everywhere. Even to death, Peter? Absolutely. So much so that Peter felt not even worthy of dying on the cross like how Jesus did. Because Peter also, that's, that was their execution style. It was being crucified on the cross. So now Peter says, I don't want to die like Jesus. Turn this cross upside down. And Peter died upside down. That's how much Peter believed that he was the Holy One of God. John is writing to a group of people who are Greeks. Now the Greeks are seeking wisdom. The Jews are seeking a sign. Right? They want Jesus to show them a sign. They want Jesus to show them, like, this is, if you are the Son of God, show us a sign. And Jesus said, the only sign I will show is the sign of Jonah, who spent three days, three nights, in the belly of a fish but only an adulterous and corrupt generation seeks a sign. Yet at the same time, the Greeks were looking for wisdom, right? They gave us Plato, Socrates. They gave us Archimedes, right? The mathematician came up with pi, 3.14. Other numbers. <laughs> what else is there? Uh, 1.4, 1.5. Uh, there's like a 9.2, and like I think there's something in there, right? There's other numbers in there. In fact, they said they, they put a computer together to calculate how many numbers are in that pi number, and it is 20, over 22 trillion digits, and still counting. It's endless. So Archimedes, right, with the Greeks, he gave them that and circumference and, and math and trying to figure out the mathematical numerical system behind this circle. Within that equation, you're going to find the number, and if you're a mathematician, there's a number 135 in it that he uses in his calculations and trying to um, solve this uh, equation. Which when John records, if you read it, the whole chapter of the book of John, uh, chapter 21, John records that the disciples were fishing and Jesus was on the shore and he's cooking or he's making a fire. But he tells the disciples, he said, hey, and they didn't recognize it was Jesus at first because he's in resurrected form now. He says, hey, did you guys catch anything? And he says, uh, no, we didn't catch anything. And they, they recognize that there's something different because Jesus says this. How about you throw your net on the other side of the boat? And they did. And they caught. 
and John records 153 fish that they brought ashore. John could have wrote in the book, in his book, they caught over 100 fish. They could have caught, they could have, he could have put, they caught about 150 fish. But he accurately puts 153. Now there's a reason why John does that. Like here in Hawaii, we'd be like, bro, I caught choke fish. How much? Choke. But I ain't counting all that. Just choke. Plenty. Choke fish. And that's what we say. We use that word. They counted the fish and they calculated 153. And here's what, here's what John was doing. He's going to put 153 because that number is going to speak to the Greeks. Like, wait a minute. What? Wait. How many fish? 153. The Jews seek wisdom. Like, there's a, that's not, that's not coincidence. 153 fish? Wait, what happened? Well, the, they were fishing all night. Jesus said to throw their nets on the other side and he caught 153. They're like, there's no way. There's no way that. And in an instance, Jesus gives the Jews a sign and the Greeks wisdom. And that wisdom only Jesus can bring. Like he was saying to them, I am the source of all wisdom and I am the sign. You follow not the sign, not the wisdom, but you follow me. That's why he could tell Peter, I will make you fishers of men. Like, you think that was great? Watch what I will do in you and through you, which is what he's saying to us. You follow me. I'm going to ask us to bow our heads for a moment. And with that thought, keep that in your heart. Because Jesus is very specific. Who is it? Us. You. Where? We're just going to follow him. We don't know where. It's wherever he goes. So Lord God, today, we're grateful on this Thanksgiving week of who you are. That we would fall in love with you more than anything else, more than anyone else. We trust you. And maybe there are some people here, Lord, that don't know you. And if that's you or you're online and you're saying, I don't know Jesus. I don't even know how to follow him. That's okay. It starts with you recognizing that he is the Holy One of God. And if that's you and you're saying, I want Jesus in my life, then I'll say a prayer. And what this prayer does is it just leads you to believe in the one who already believes in you. He formed you before you were even born. And here's our prayer. You repeat after me, meaning with all of your heart, Heavenly Father, Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me eternal life. I surrender my life to you and I receive your eternal life for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord God, that is our prayer together. That is our heart together. Thank you for giving us life eternal. Thank you for preceding our life and going before us that you will never leave us or forsake us. And for all of us, Lord, may we leave here today not leaving with a, a great message or church was great, but we leave following you. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said together, amen.
Amen. Amen. Can we welcome these that said yes to Jesus into the family of God, even for those of you who are online? Today is water baptism, so if you did say yes to Jesus, your next step is now a public confession in letting everyone know you believe in Jesus. We will be at Coconut Island at 1230. And then for those who did say yes and you're here, we have our yes table in the fellowship hall. Come see us and we'll give you a free Bible with some reading material that will help you in your walk with Jesus. But we wanted to congratulate you today. And then once again, everybody, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your week. We'll see you Wednesday night for our worship time. God bless you guys.